Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She's serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually, my drink was, give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink, the guys come in, I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money, Bam, give her $100. If you're with the mob, I say, hey, Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. It's time for the only post-debate show you need. I'm going to recap everything, what mattered, what didn't matter, who sucked, who was awesome. Well, they were all a bit of everything. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right.
First of all, something you need to hear, something I need to hear. I have to remind myself of this all the time. Calm down about last night. Whether you're super, super excited, and I saw a ton of that from my friends out there, yeah, Trump's killing him. Or whether you're just down in the dumps, Trump sucked, everything was a disaster, it looked horrible. Whatever you feel today, calm down. Those, as I told you last night, are supposed to be fun. You're supposed to enjoy them. If you're a political person, and if you're watching my show right now, you are, then enjoy the debates. If you can't, go take up knitting somewhere. It's important. It is. Political debates are important. They're not the end of the world. They're not going to decide this election. I'm not going to act like they're nothing, especially the first debate. People are watching. They want to see how the candidates interact with each other. But the undecided Rust Belt swing voters, who are the only people who matter, they don't watch it like you watch it. They didn't nitpick every single answer. They didn't pick out every good moment or bad moment. So you don't have to stress, all right? Here, let me make everybody feel better right now. You and I, we argue all the time about little things. We argue with the left about little things. We argue with each other about little things. Now, they're important. I'm not downplaying that. But as far as election results go, they're small. Elections are about big things. Big things. And the biggest thing in the world is simply this. The history of the United States of America, the history of the world, is that people want consistency more than anything else. Unless the current guy is a monumental screw-up, or the challenger is some phenom, then people want to keep the current guy. Why do you think people kept kings for so long? Why do you think most of human history is monarchies in various forms? It's what we want. It's what we want. Here in America, we re-elect presidents. Like 75, 80% of the time, presidents get re-elected. You either need some kind of third-party candidate like Ross Perot to bounce George H.W. Bush, or you have to have some current president mired in scandal, real scandal, or an economic disaster, looking at you, Jimmy Carter. And then Jimmy Carter not only needed an economic disaster, he had to have, he had to have a political phenom, Reagan, going up against him, and boom, no more Jimmy Carter. Well, left or right, Joe Biden ain't Ronald Reagan. And Donald Trump is not sitting on top of an economic disaster as we currently stand. Calm down. Everything's probably going to be just fine. All right? I want you to focus tonight as we go over everything in the debate, and we do talk about the little things, things I liked, things I didn't. I want you to remember, stop stressing out about this stuff. And if you do, if this stuff makes your life more miserable, turn it off. Just take a break. Not even saying walk away. Turn it off for a day or two. Walk away. It's all right. Everything's going to be just fine. Now, as far as the debate itself goes, some things I liked, some things I didn't like. I understand was a, there was a lot of talk out there about this is too rowdy. Well, I don't like this. It's, it's, it's too rambunctious. It was not for me. There was all kinds of that talk everywhere. Everybody crying about how rowdy it was. Trump's interrupting everybody all the time. Biden's interrupting Trump, name-calling Trump. Wallace was clearly in the tank for Biden. It was too wild. Uh, that's politics. You and I do this thing where we talk about how great our childhood was. 
If you're an older person, we talk about how much better it was back in the day. I have sons now. I actually have caught myself telling them things like that. You know, back in my day, you could... Stop. Stop. We all look at the past with rose-colored glasses. Moses was telling the next generation how things were better back in his day. This is the norm. Politics is a contact sport. It always, always, always has been. If you don't believe me, ask Julius Caesar. Politics is a contact sport. It's supposed to be rowdy. We used to have congressmen beating senators almost to death in America with canes on the floor. And then his constituents sent him a whole box of new canes so he could do it again the next time. That's politics, man. So if they're going to get a little loud with each other on the stage... If they're going to interrupt each other, call each other names, I'm okay with it. And you know the main reason I'm okay with it? It's not even because it's always been that way. It's because I don't need this veneer of politeness when I know you hate each other's guts. I don't need that. Be honest with me. Donald Trump thinks Joe Biden is an idiot and a loser and made that very apparent last night. Joe Biden thinks Donald Trump is a complete scumbag. Made it very apparent last night. Chris Wallace thinks Trump's a scumbag. Made that apparent last night. And Trump hates Chris Wallace back. Made that very apparent. I like honesty. Yell at each other. Call each other names. I know they're not gods. They're just like you and I, as I've told you 10,000 times. When you argue with your friends, family, and neighbors, do you use polite decorum every single time? Yes, ma'am. Well, I, you know what? I cede the floor to my crazy leftist aunt. No, you don't. You argue. You talk over each other. It's uncomfortable. I don't expect better. I don't expect different. You shouldn't either. And as far as Trump interrupting all the time, people hated it, but I want you to understand this. Donald Trump does that on purpose. If you think back to every single debate Donald Trump has ever had, whether it be that GOP primary or when he moved on to the general against Hillary and now the general against Biden, the one consistent thing in all those debates is Donald Trump interrupts everybody and dominates the time on camera. Time on the mic, time on camera. This is not accidental. This is a man in his 70s who's lived a life that's all about branding and publicity. He did that on purpose, okay? And guess what? He's going to do it at the next debate and the next debate and the next debate, if there are that many debates. I don't know. I don't do research for the show. He does it on purpose. Good or bad, right or wrong, he is going to dominate the time. And I'll tell you, I had times last night when I didn't want him to interrupt Joe Biden because when Joe Biden actually had, you know, the two minutes to answer, you'd see him, he'd be, he'd be looking down, he'd be struggling, and you'd know he had another gaffe coming, and Trump would step over him before he even had a chance to gaffe it. So there were times I didn't even like it, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know more about branding and publicity than Donald Trump because I don't. He does it on purpose. You can find it annoying. I found it annoying at times. He does it on purpose. Also, if you're a Republican, spend less time whining about Trump interrupting and more time learning. That's how you handle yourself in a debate when you are facing the moderator and your opponent. And let me be real clear about this. I, I was debating on how I wanted to approach this today. I'm not complaining about Chris Wallace like everyone else is. I'm not. Chris Wallace was okay. Now, I know what you're doing. You're yelling at the TV. Jesse, he's a, 
He's a total leftist. All those questions were for, were for Biden. All, all that's true. Wallace is a leftist. He hates Donald Trump's guts. He campaigned for Biden all night long. All that stuff's true. But two things. One, that's the norm. He's a moderator. Republicans better get used to that and prepare for it. And two, it sucks being a moderator. And it would really suck being a moderator if you're moderating Donald Trump's debates because of what I just talked about. Donald Trump dominates the microphone. And no matter who you are, Chris Wallace or anybody else, he's not going to let you finish your sentences or finish your questions. He's not going to let you control it. You can yell at him all you want. It's not Trump's personality. He is a dominating personality and he's going to dominate you too. Now, that's not some defense of Chris Wallace. He said some things last night that were indefensible. We'll go over that. But Donald Trump ain't going to make your life easy if you're Chris Wallace. All right? Now, let's dig into the nitty-gritty of everything. Biden had a real moment that I thought made him look terrible, his I am the Democratic Party moment. Here it was. One of the big debates we had with 23 of my colleagues trying to win the nomination that I won were saying that Biden wanted to allow people to have private insurance still. They can. They do. They will under my proposal. It's not what you've said, but and it's not what your party is, has said. That is simply Your party a lie. doesn't say it. Your party that wants to go socialist medicine. My party is and me. And socialist right healthcare. Right now, I am and the And they're going to dominate party. you, Joe. You know that. I am the Democratic Party right now. The platform of the not Democratic Party Harris. is what I, in fact, approved of. I am the Democratic Party right now. See, Biden actually fared okay last night. He did. He did fine. There were a couple moments he let Trump get to him and he shouldn't have, though, and that was one of those moments. It's one of those things, if you have to say it, it's probably not true. Does Donald Trump ever really have to stand up and say, I am the GOP? Well, he doesn't because we all know it. Joe Biden has a real weakness thing where he looks weak, he sounds weak, and we all just assume there are other people who are really going to be calling the shots. I thought it was a bad moment for him. I did. And I thought it might hurt him a little because, yes, you want to talk to the Rust Belt swing voters, as we've talked about, but you can't turn your back on your base blatantly. And Biden did that a few times last night. Well, I guess we'll find out whether that was smart or not. Now, Biden did do a couple things I thought that I thought it looked really good. I thought Donald Trump might want to copy them next time. This is one of them. There was no one. There's no we didn't shut down the economy. This is his economy that's being he shut down. The reason it's shut down is because, look, you folks at home, how many of you got up this morning and had an empty chair at the kitchen table because someone died of COVID? How many of you were in a situation where you lost your mom or dad and you couldn't even speak to them? You had a nurse holding a phone up so you could, in fact, say goodbye. You would have lost far how more people. people. Far that more is, people. And, you would have been And by the way, your own, you his, his, own, me, his own CDC director said, what I'm talking about is not the lies he's telling about COVID. Don't worry about that. Don't, again, don't, don't, don't get too into this stuff. It's when Biden all night long would look into the camera and talk directly to you. That is effective. It is effective. It makes you feel like he's looking you in the eye. It's an effective political thing. I actually would love to see Trump do it too. Again, we talked about this last night in our pre-debate show. I told you. Joe Biden was obviously juiced out of his mind, but Joe Biden is a good debater, was a good debater. Remember, he slapped around Paul Ryan. Joe Biden knows what he's doing. He's been doing it a long time, about half a century. So I thought that was very, very effective. 
Now, this next clip, I wasn't sure how this played with swing voters. I really wasn't because I don't know how America feels about this subject right now. I have, I have no feel for what the country's feeling. So we built the greatest economy in history. We closed it down because of the China plague. When the plague came in, we closed it down, which was very hard psychologically to do. He didn't think we should close it down, and he was wrong. And again, two million people would be dead now instead of still 204,000 people is too much. One person is too much. Should have never happened from China. But what happened is we closed it down, and now we're reopening, and we're doing record business. We had 10.4 million people in a four-month period that we've put back into the workforce. That's a record the likes of which nobody's ever seen before. And he wants to close down the... He will shut it down again. He will destroy this country. That's very effective for me. Probably very effective for you. What do you think America's feeling about COVID right now? Remember, these people all... They take polls based on trying to figure out what people care about, the issues people care about. Joe Biden was hammering on COVID all night long. Whatever you think or I think, Joe Biden has numbers that tell him the American people are still really worried about coronavirus. And that really worries me. I'm thrilled Donald Trump is the open it up again candidate. And I'm thrilled that his opponent, Joe Biden, is the insane shut it down candidate. But I don't know which one of those is a winner. Finally, before we get to everything else, don't worry, I've got a bunch more clips for you. We're only going to do one more right here. The law enforcement thing. Trump brought up something I thought was a real dagger in Biden's side. That's He's talking exactly, about defunding the that, police. That is not true. He doesn't have any what? law... Well, you, look, he has no law enforcement That's support. not true. Almost that's nothing. Not, that, look. Oh, Roy, who do you have? Name one group that supports you. Name one group that came out and supported you. Go look, ahead. Look. Think. We have time. We don't have time to do no, anything. No, no. All right. Look, Name folks, one law enforcement folks. group that folks. came I out think, and I supported think, gentlemen, you. I think. Trump dominates the conversation. Trump dominates the debate. Trump moderates the debate. That's the way it's always going to be. But that's a powerful moment for a country that is worried about safety. We do know that. We've watched these Antifa Black Lives Matter dirt balls burn, loot, and murder for months now. The country's worried about safety. And Joe Biden doesn't have a single law enforcement agency that says, yeah, that's our guy. That's not good. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. You know what I did after the debate was over last night? I walked to my room, just like I told you I was going to yesterday. I put on my ebb sleep and laid my head down, and I knocked out like that. Now, how could I knock out like that after such an exciting night? I had a blast. I knew I had a big day, all this, all this post-debate stuff. Well, that's what ebb sleep does. It targets the root cause of why you can't sleep, those thoughts that go through your head. It calms down those thoughts, puts you asleep fast, and keeps you asleep. That's the best part. You can try it risk-free for 60 nights. You don't have to take my word for it. Go to tryeb.com slash jesse. Do not forget to use the promo code jesse. That gets you 25 bucks off. Go start sleeping today. We'll be back. There was a moment last night, and of course it's carried over to today, 
that really stood out to me, and it stood out to me for a very specific reason. I want you to watch the moment, and then we're about to have a little chat. Are you willing tonight to condemn white supremacists and militia groups sure. and to say that they need to stand down and not add to the violence in a number of these cities as we saw in Kenosha and as we've seen in Portland. Sure, Are you I'm prepared to, to do specifically that, do it? Well, I, would ahead, say, I would say almost everything I see is from the left wing, not from the right so wing. So what, what, what are you saying? I'm, I'm willing to do anything. I want to see well, peace. Then do it, sir. Say I'm, it. Do it. Say it. Do you want to call them? What do you want to call them? Give me a name. Give me a white name. Supremacists and right like me to white supremacists and right proud boys. White supremacists and right Stand back and stand by, but I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, somebody's got to do something about Antifa and the left, because this is not a right-wing problem, his this is a left-wing problem. This is a left-wing problem. White supremacist. Antifa's an idea, not an organization. Oh, you got it. Not malicious. That's what oh, his it's an idea. FBI, his okay. FBI director Gentlemen, said. Well, then, gonna, then you know what? No, no, that we're okay. Republicans, I need you to hear me. Whether you're a pundit, a candidate, just a fan of politics, maybe you're somebody who posts on social media, I need you to hear me, and I need you to hear me well. Stop responding to cries of racism, accusations of racism. Stop responding when being asked to denounce racism. Stop leading every single time something happens to someone. I am not a racist! I see everything you're saying out there. I want everybody to know I have five black friends. I'm not a racist. I, could, I denounce white supremacism. I denounce it. You know what you're doing? You know what you're doing? You're playing their game. That's what you're doing. You don't have to denounce anything. You weren't a white supremacist before. Just because somebody accuses you of something does not mean you have to respond. Ever. You choose the game. You know why we lost this culture war? This is a big reason why. Because Republicans, they allow the left to choose the game, the rules, the refs, the field, and then they wonder why they walk away losers. And this bled over in today. We have these whiny senators like Tim Scott and Mike Brown talking about, wow, Trump really needs to clarify his comments. Why does he have to clarify anything? Donald Trump has never had any association with any white supremacist ever. He doesn't have to denounce anything. Your response when you're asked to denounce something like that as a Republican is, why do you skin and torture puppies alive? Well, I, I don't do that. Yeah, you do. I heard you did. Why do you do that? You come right back at them with something equally as preposterous. Stop playing their game on their field. You don't have to denounce a thing. Donald Trump doesn't have to denounce white supremacism. And one more thing, white supremacism, obviously, scumbag group, um, so is black supremacism. Any one of these skin color supremacist groups are scumbags. That's why they're always filled with a bunch of morons. And Black Lives Matter is not only a black supremacist group, they're active. They've spent months violently putting down American businesses, violently murdering people in American cities. Has the KKK killed anybody in decades? Anytime you even see a KKK rally, it's five idiots on the courthouse steps surrounded by cops because the whole town's laughing at them and throwing stuff at them. They're a joke, as they should be. 
that's hardly the problem. And I don't care what the head of the FBI, that idiot Christopher Wray said. Donald Trump should have fired him about five seconds after he gave that embarrassing testimony in front of the House. Oh, well, white supremacism is the, it's definitely the biggest threat we have out there. Oh, go screw yourself. Leftists have been tearing this country apart now in the streets for months, murdering people hunting down Trump supporters in Portland and firing bullets into their heads. And we get asked about, will you condemn white supremacy? Stop responding. And then the next day, when the media continues to ask you to play that game, will you please, uh, will you condemn white supremacy? Uh, uh, please clarify your comments on white supremacy. My comments are this. Do you still touch kids? I heard you touch kids. Are you a pedophile? Why are you a pedophile, Mr. Reporter? I have good intel you're a pedophile. That's how you should respond to that stuff. I'm so sick of watching us on our heels about this all the time. So scared. You might call me a racist. They do that because you're a sissy. They do that because you're scared of it. Stop being scared of it, unless you are one. Are you a racist? Well, I'm not, so I don't care what they call me. You can call me a racist all day long. They do it all the time. I got called again today. A Nazi. You're a Nazi. Oh, okay. That's very effective now. You have me confused with somebody who gives a crap about your opinion. Stop this nonsense. I'm sick to death of it. Stop letting them choose the subject. That's an embarrassing question out of Chris Wallace, sure. But why does Donald Trump have to condemn white supremacists? And let's stop acting like what happened in Kenosha, what Chris Wallace just pointed out, was white supremacism. I hope Kyle Rittenhouse, I hope he sues the living daylights out of Wallace. You accuse some 17-year-old kid of being a white supremacist with zero evidence just because that's a Democrat talking point? I hope Kyle Rittenhouse is on a yacht in a couple years, eating grapes with the Swedish bikini team on Chris Wallace's dime. Embarrassing. Now, Trump had something very fair he went after Biden about last night, and that, that's Hunter Biden. While we're at it, why is it, just out of curiosity, the mayor of Moscow's wife gave your son three and a half million dollars. What did he true. do to deserve it? That what did he do with Barista none to of deserve one hundred eighty-three thousand dollars? None you've of that is true. Not an not, none of that is true. Oh, really? He totally didn't give three and a half hey, Mr. President, he did. totally, Mr. President, please. Totally discredited. Totally discredited. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe. Mr. Vice, he got three and a half million dollars. That is not true. Oh, really, Mr. Oh. President? But, Mr. You, it's an it's an open discussion. Please, now, you, you, it's a fact. Well, there's, you have raised an issue. Let the been totally Vice President answer. Discredited. Did Barista was a pay him one hundred eighty-three thousand a, a month with, with no was experience was in energy? Mr. Look, President, my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did. What? How does Joe Biden continue to get away with that? Uh, it's not true. What do you mean it's not true? Uh, no one said he did anything wrong. What? What? Everyone, everyone said he did something wrong. Oh, uh, that's totally discredited. And you know, I don't nitpick moderators because it's a hard job. How does Wallace not step up and say, discredited by whom? I, give me specifics. How was it discredited? This stuff isn't discredited at all. Joe Biden, while he was vice president, his son was getting Russian money, lots of it. Chinese money, lots of it. Ukrainian money, lots of it. Only after his dad became vice president. 
That is a very fair question for the American people to ask. Why? And you don't get to stand up there with that shield of, ah, oh, that's not true. Well, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it is. We're looking at it. Not true. Discredited. No, it's not discredited. All right. It's true. Now, you know what else is true? Cybercrime is up 75% during these coronavirus lockdowns. 75%. They're prowling the internet. You know this home title theft I've been warning you about? You know, it happened to me, right? You know, I saw it. My own home title with my signature and my wife's signature on it. I thought it looked so real. I thought it was real. You know how long it took them to do it? Less than 10 minutes. It's easy for them to do it to me, easy for them to do it to you. And the only thing that's going to save you from it is Home Title Lock. Go sign up today. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. If you use the promo code RADIO, that's promo code RADIO, that gets you 30 days for free. HomeTitleLock.com. Go get it now. Joining me now from BearingArms.com, Cam Edwards always gives us a better perspective on things. Cam, I had a lot of thoughts about last night. I didn't mind that it was rowdy. I don't need politicians to pretend to like each other. I just don't need that in my life at all. I don't think it changes anybody's minds, really. It's important, but not that important. It's going to be about jobs and the economy and everything else the election is. What were Cam's thoughts on the night? You know, it's interesting. Um, so I, I think that you're right. I don't know that this changed too many minds, although uh, I don't know if you saw the news. Frank Lunt said that uh, his focus group of undecided voters actually, uh, for the first time ever, had voters decide that they weren't going to vote uh, after watching the debate, which is, is, is probably good news for Donald Trump because of the enthusiasm gap uh, between uh, the Trump voters and the Biden voters. Biden needs those undecideds to, uh, to go to him rather than decide to stay at home. I also agree with you that as uh, chaotic as it was, I would rather have seen that because that was genuine, right? This wasn't some sort of, you know, false humility and, uh, oh, we're going to play nice for 90 minutes, even though we hate each other's guts. Listen, I would much rather have seen what we saw last night than uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump pretend to like one another and pretend to be civil uh, when they really wanted to go at each other's throats. I just wish that the president, I think that there were a lot of missed opportunities uh, for Donald Trump last night. And I wish that he would have, in some cases, sat back, let Biden actually try to finish a thought and then hammer him uh, on what Biden's uh, position or non-position was. I, I, look, I won't disagree there. I, I argue that Donald Trump does this on purpose, that uh, every single debate ever, even when there were nine other candidates on stage, Donald Trump d talked for like half the time. Other people will be talking. He'd just interrupt everybody. That, that's his strategy. He does it on purpose. He wants the camera on him at all times and on his mic at all times. I, I, don't, I don't think he's ever going to change that. But I agree. I thought there were moments where Biden was going and clearly about to talk his way off a cliff, and Trump steps in and saves him. Yeah, unfortunately. You know, Trump has some great moments. I mean, I think the line that stuck out to me from Donald Trump last night was, I've done more in 47 months in Washington, D.C. than you did in 47 years. 
Like that's sharp, right? And that's memorable. That sticks with you. And that really should have been the theme for Donald Trump throughout the evening. Uh, I think if a second and third presidential debate is held, Donald Trump needs to stick to that talking point and and give people examples because there are so many examples for uh, for Trump to to provide the American voter saying, look, Biden, you know, has been in Washington D.C. for 47 years. What's he done on race relations? What's he done on the economy? What's he done even in terms of gun control and public safety? What's he actually been able to do that's made us any safer, that's made us a better country? Uh, and then Trump can then pivot and talk about, you know, the results that he's achieved uh, over his first term. I think that's a, a far better way of going about it than, as you say, just kind of, you know, wanting the attention to be on himself. I, I, I get it, and I understand uh, somewhat the strategy behind that. But, you know, at the same time, Trump needs to recognize that Biden's strategy is to really not talk at all. Uh, is to put a lid on his campaign events at 9.30 in the morning and let Trump dominate the headlines. So I think Trump can do himself a favor by by giving Biden the space to put his foot in his mouth, which he will. What did Mrs. E think? <laughs> well, we made it uh, about an hour uh, before mm -hmm. she all of a sudden grabbed the remote and said, we're watching Food Network. Uh, so, you know, she was... Um, you know, she wasn't impressed by Joe Biden. Uh, I think Miss E likes uh, what Donald Trump does more than what Donald Trump says a lot of times. Uh, and I think that, you know, there are probably a lot of voters like that. Um, but, uh, you know, I was kind of afraid she was going to fracture her eye socket if she kept rolling her eyes at Joe Biden. So I'm kind of glad she actually changed the channel. All right, Chris Wallace. I understand everybody on the right is going after Chris Wallace hard today. And there were times like that, repeating that very fine people lie as if it was a fact. I did think that was honest. It was an embarrassment to the profession of journalism in general. But Chris Wallace, he is what he is. He hates Trump's guts. And I just think Republicans need to be ready to deal with things like that in every debate. I mean, find me a moderator who doesn't despise the Republican. They all do. So I, I just didn't think it was a big deal. Plus, being a moderator is like working the lost luggage counter at the airport. You're never going to be popular. Okay, that's true. Um, but, you know, again, the, 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 the one time that I really thought Chris Wallace did, I mean, I don't think he did a great job throughout the entire debate, but letting Joe Biden get away with saying, I'm not going to tell you my position on packing the court because then it would become an issue. Well, yeah, that's sort of the point, Joe. Uh, and Wallace absolutely abdicated his responsibility as moderator to not hold Biden accountable there. He should have pressed Biden far harder than he, I mean, I don't even think he pressed Biden at all. Uh, and he should have said something like, look, uh, Mr. Vice President, you know, uh, with all due respect, this is a national debate here. We're entitled to know your opinion. We're entitled to know what you would do if you're president. And you're now telling the American people that you don't want to do that because we might find it interesting. Um, that was, I think, the worst moment for Chris Wallace in a in a not so spectacular evening. All right, Cam. I, I thought when Biden talked directly to the camera, I thought he did well. I thought that was very, very effective. And obviously, I don't agree with anything Biden said, but I didn't think he had a bad night. But I always said going in, Biden is the challenger. It's hard to unseat a sitting president. I don't care what the polls say. Biden had to win, right? I, I think so. Although, you know, again, I mean, it's so hard to tell what kind of impact these debates are going to have now. It looks like the, uh, the, the viewership for these debates was a lot lower than what it was in 2016. Uh, Telemundo actually had a uh, uh, an instant snap poll of their audience, and I think it was something like two to one. They said that Trump won 
uh, the debate. So, you know, it's always going to be subjective. Um, I, I do think that Biden, you know, look, he did what he had to do. He, he didn't fall asleep halfway during the debate. Right. He was generally able to uh, to get coherent statements out of his mouth. Again, I think that Donald Trump would have benefited by letting Joe Biden talk for two minutes to see if he remained coherent. Uh, so I think Biden did OK. And you're right. When when Biden is talking into the camera, when he's, you know, addressing voters directly, that's what he's, you know, he's Joe Sixpack, right? He's Scranton Joe. And he, he puts on that sort of affectation of I'm one of you. And that probably was his most effective moment. Uh, but at the same time, he didn't really tell the voters the truth. I mean, he he ducked and dodged a lot of issues. He lied about a support for the Green New Deal. Uh, he really tried to portray himself as, you know, moderate Joe at a time in which the Democrat Party is careening hard to the left. Uh, and And so, you know, how much that's going to actually impact the voters between now and Election Day, I, I think probably Biden's performance uh, won't have much, if at all, of an impact. Cam, I, I generally have a pretty good pulse on America because, one, I don't live in D.C., and two, I'm low class. So I generally know what normal people are thinking. I don't hang out with political people. I hang out with non-political people. Donald Trump was clearly the end the lockdowns, open the country up candidate. Joe Biden clearly made himself the more lockdowns coronavirus is going to murder us all candidate. What I don't know is which side is more effective. Where does the country sit on that? Well, you know, and it's interesting because last night Joe Biden was saying he was going to open up the economy and you know, trying to blame Donald Trump for shutting everything down. So, you know, again, I think Biden's trying to have it both ways, which is difficult because I don't think there is one answer in America. I think if, if you probably, you know, look, probably if you live in bigger cities, you're probably more inclined to want to wear masks. You're probably more inclined to want to try to prevent large gatherings. Uh, you know, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I live in a county of about 18,000 people. Uh, was, you know, it's a pretty rural area. And so we're interested in opening things up again. Uh, and and I think that is probably the dominant attitude throughout much of rural America. And I would argue probably a lot of suburban America as well. So in this divided nation, how do you try to appeal to both sides? You know, I, I think Biden tried to do it by being two-faced. Uh, and at least Joe, you know, at least Donald Trump has been consistent in his position. He wants the economy to open back up. He wants people to be back in their business, back in schools. Uh, he wants to do so safely. But his priority is let's get America back on track here. Joe Biden has said, although he didn't say it last night, but he said, listen, if the science tells us to shut everything down again, well, that's what we're going to do. And I, I got to tell you, I mean, I, maybe that appeals to, you know, voters in New York City, but the small business owners that I know, the moms and dads that I know who are ready for their kids to go back to school, that sends chills down their spine when they hear Biden say something like that. Cam Edwards, BearingArms.com. Thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure, Jesse. Talk to you soon. You know I don't do freakouts, right? What have I told you about the debate tonight? Calm down. Everything will be fine. So when it comes to the stock market, calm down. But understand something. There's going to be a correction. You can't spend money like this. You cannot spend money like this, print money like this, unbacked, and have business closures and have everything work out fine for the market. That's not how it works. What we've done is created a bubble. You don't have to freak out. You don't have to be anxious. You don't have to stress. You don't have to pull all your money out of the market and bury it in your backyard.
You do have to get a gold IRA, though, from Gold Alliance. Just get a gold IRA. All I'm saying is diversify your portfolio a little so when that correction happens, you're not wiped out. And Gold Alliance has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They know what they're doing. They'll walk you through all of it. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. Goldalliance.com slash jesse. Get yours started today. We'll be back. Joining me now, as she often does, from the Washington Examiner and contributor right here on the first, Tiana Lowe. Tiana, you obviously noticed things that I would never notice, and you brought up something about Joe Biden's looks. I thought Joe Biden looked like crap, for lack of a better way to put it last night. I thought his eyes looked awful, but then again, he's old. What did you see? So the first thing I saw next to Trump's overly spray-tanned face was the fact what handler of his let him go on stage without an ounce of bronzer. Look, Joe Biden is old. If he won the presidency, he would be older on his inauguration day than Ronald Reagan was on his last day in office. This means there has to be a little bit of commitment to the aesthetics of the campaign, especially considering, like, I know some 70-something-year-olds who have not lost as many steps as Biden. Biden sounded old. Luckily, he had Trump sort of filibustering the whole thing so he didn't actually have to speak. But he looked old. That was not the same guy who eviscerated Paul Ryan by just laughing and pointing and bullying not eight years ago. The reason I asked you that is because I actually think that stuff matters. I wasn't trying to be mean when I said he looked like crap. I think Joe Biden, I think the public needs to see their potential commander-in-chief as a healthy individual. They do see the president as a leader. I've argued forever that Hillary Clinton lost the election when they chucked her in the back of a van like a used love seat. It looks bad. It looks weak when you're going to be commander-in-chief. And I actually do think the Biden people need to spend a lot more time on how he looks. But am I crazy? No, you're not. Because especially unlike the Hillary election that was so obsessed with the idea of the symbolism of of I'm with her and we need a woman in the White House, but apparently not Amy Coney Barrett in the Supreme Court. Unlike mm. that election, Joe Biden is the final and last bulwark against the Democratic Party's total thrust forward to the left. I think most Americans actually kind of like Joe Biden on a gut level. Sure, he loves illegal wars, bombing civilians, is a swamp monster, but he's a good guy who has been through a bunch of personal hardship. He likes to negotiate with Republicans. When it seems like he is a puppet, and in this case, appearances do matter because it makes it look like he is frail when they do not properly bronze his face. You know, I mean, he has a very fine facelift, but um, Joe Simon said that the examiner has more on that. It makes it look like the second that he gets in office, it will be President Kamala Harris with Commerce Secretary AOC and UN Ambassador Ilan Omar. So Joe Biden does need to project a level of authority that other candidates wouldn't have to because people do not safely trust that he is actually the leader of the Democratic Party. 
Do people actually care about the vice president, or do you and I care about the vice president? I always struggle with, you know, I, look, I'm a political nerd. You're a political nerd. What matters to us is not necessarily what matters to undecided Rust Belt swing voters. And I can never decide if the president or potential president's vice presidential pick actually matters at all. So it's been many decades since a vice president has had the ability to swing a full state. You know, you have like LBJ from again half a century ago who was able to do that for Texas. Um, but we did see Trump was not trusted by the Republican Party establishment and was not totally embraced by evangelical voters until he did do the wise thing of picking Mike Pence. But the 2016 question I always have is that if Joni Ernst's abusive husband didn't stop her from, from saying yes to Trump's offer that she be his running mate, I always wonder if Trump would be in a better position now because he's flailing so badly with women. You know, Joni Ernst is a both a veteran and a woman who has now publicly confessed to being a part of an abusive relationship. That would really sell. With Biden, just like with Trump, this running mate pick has much more consequence than other elections in recent decades because Biden is perceived as being so old. And, you know, Biden, he had really no good options because, first of all, he boxed himself in by saying he would only choose a woman, and then he said only a black woman. Look, it's unfortunate that there's only one black woman in the Senate. There has never been a black woman as a governor in the United States. His options were limited. It was either Kamala Harris or Susan Rice. And quite frankly, he went with the safer option of Kamala. I don't think it's going to move too many votes. All it's going to, the same people who have been saying I'm with her for the last four years were always going to vote for Joe Biden. And now they'll still vote for Joe Biden. So we had the opportunity to make a running mate really matter. You know, I think Andrew Yang or even the San Francisco mayor of London Breed, both of those would have been inspired choices. But no, it's safe option. So, so we're choosing to make the vice presidency relevant. I hate when Republicans talk about white supremacy and racism and allow Democrats to choose the subject for them. I, I think it's flatly absurd that Trump even responded to such an accusation like that. I, I, I find it insane. And now we have more Republicans today. Well, I mean, he really needs to clarify his, his, his thoughts on it. I, I don't understand why they feel the need to always fight back against these accusations, either ignore them or accuse them of something equally as ridiculous. But I, I, I think we look weak and pathetic, and we're never going to stop those accusations until we do something different. You can yell, I'm, a I'm not a racist all day long, but until you make them pay for asking you that, nothing's going to change. So a big problem with this is that Trump hedged heavily during the whole Charlottesville fiasco in 2017, and he is still paying the political consequences now. What Trump needs to say when he gets asked about white supremacy, QAnon, things that have been registered by the FBI and the DOJ as, as very valid threats, he needs to say, yes, white supremacy is abhorrent, and we are still paying for the original sin of slavery, and there is nothing defensible about that history of our past. Which hate group is the one incinerating entire cities to the ground this summer. Which one is the one destroying minority-owned businesses? Charlottesville was a catastrophe. There have been 100 Charlottesvilles this past summer. I mean, the bodega on my street, which is owned by Arab immigrants, was looted. 
I ask them what they want. They say, we want justice too. That's how you have to respond. Unequivocally, unequivocally condemning white supremacy for the evil, racist, generous that they are, yes, but also pointing out what is the actual threat to working brown and black people in America. Right now, statistically speaking, it is not white supremacy. It is Antifa. It is the supposedly peaceful protesters destroying cities every night. Tiana Lowe, Washington Examiner. Thank you so much, ma'am. Thank you. All right. We got one more little clip, and you're going to enjoy it. Hang on. I like to pay homage whenever I see someone else rising through the ranks. And as you know, I'm so wildly athletic. And I saw this video, and I thought, man, this young man... He may be able to equal me one day if he keeps at it. That is absurd athleticism. Props to you, sir. All right. We'll do it again tomorrow. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I, I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. Oh, that's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum. Sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, get 10% off. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels 
challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kiwi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.